Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. Collecting. Oh, Arnie. Is that tiger blood still running through your veins? No, it's the Jabba Goop from episode one running through my veins. Ah, I had that. I love that stuff. That was awesome. Well, everyone's wish has come true or their nightmare has come true. Jar Jar is coming in 3D on February 10th, 2012. Now you, like Qui-Gon, can try to catch the tongue as it flicks out in 3D. Yes. That is the first Star Wars movie being released in 3D. It's going to happen next year, just about a year from now. Shouldn't we call it 3 Zadiza? Yes, we should. Phantom Menace in 3 Zadiza! Yes. And if there is not a commercial for that, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> Come on, Ahmed Best. You know you want to do it. Just think about how it's going to be like to see Darth Maul fall away from you. I hope it's stellar. I am not a big 3D fan because it gives me a raucous headache. You're one of the 25%. Yes, I am. And let's face it, it's gimmicky and the only good use of 3D, and I have said this before on our brother podcast, nowplayingpodcast.com, is cheesy horror movies like Piranha 3D. It does not work for serious movies. You just don't need to see Black Swan in 3D or something like that. I know it was not released in 3D. Do not send me hate mail. However, (laughs) you get my point. It's something that can be used to enhance a cheesy movie like Piranha 3D or a Friday the 13th or a a Freddy Krueger movie. I think that it could be done very well, though, with the space battle scenes like Above the Death Star in Episode 4 or especially Return of the Jedi when all those TIE fighters are coming at the Millennium Falcon or the Millennium Falcon's escaping from the Death Star and the fire and that whole thing. I think it could be done really well. And some of that subtle Avatar-like use of 3D with the trench where it's not that things are flying in your face, but you get a real sense of depth in the trench. But those are going to be the harder ones, which is one of the reasons I think that they're starting with the CGI-heavy prequels, a much easier conversion than the we actually took up parking lots for the Death Star original. But hey, it's Star Wars. It's in theaters. My only gripe is February 10th. It's really cold to sit out in a line because you know there's people that are going to do it. They didn't for the special editions. It was strictly Phantom Menace. I don't see big lines for re-release. Um, 
I sat in line for the special edition. How long? A couple hours. Huh. I didn't. I went right at seven, bought my tickets, walked right in. Well, in all fairness, we did only have one movie theater in the town I was living in at the time. Which is the same town I was living in at the time and walked right in. I was living down in Carbondale. Oh, okay. Then it wasn't the same town. But I don't necessarily see the big lineups. It's not new content. It's enhanced content. But if Star Wars is about anything, it's about fun lines. There were no lines for Clone Wars. We didn't see it. We saw a special engagement. When but there were no lines anywhere were. for Clone Wars. I mean, maybe the day of, a couple people got in line early to get good seats. But there wasn't that big, we're sitting outside Manchester Chinese Theater for a month for charity type lines. There True. was none of that. And I don't see it happening, especially in February. If it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen in L.A. A, because it's warm. And B, well, I've been outside Manchester Chinese Theater. That's where the nutcases are already dressed like Chewbacca asking for tips for photos. You the guy in the bathroom rug. Yeah, the bathroom rug. Rugs. Not a good like 501st costume, but I went to JC Penny, found some brown rugs, brown bath mats, and now I'm not quite sure if I'm Cowboy Gill or Chewbacca, <laughs> but yeah, that kind of person in LA. But still, February 10th, Valentine's Day weekend, take the ones you love to the Phantom Menace. Plus, we probably will be at Toy Fair that weekend. That, eh, well, at least we'll get to see it in a New York theater, which is better than a Podunk theater. Yeah, much nicer theaters there. Much higher ticket prices too, especially for 3D. Yeah. But why don't we move? Move on to our store report. Got an email from one of our listeners that Toys R Us schizophrenic exclusive pricing continues. He found the Toys R Us Battle Over Endor packs at $31.99. Now, in case you recall from a couple weeks ago when we were talking about these, I'd found them at $27.99. They then when rang up for $29.99 when we tried to check out. We went back the next day. They'd raised the tag prices to $29.99. Now they've raised the tag prices again to $30. $31.99. And it's a Toys R Us exclusive, so you're kind of at their mercy. Yeah, there's not much you can do about that except wait for a sale. Which may or may not ever come. If you listen to another one of our sister podcasts, Marvelicious Toys, we were talking about the Toys R Us exclusive Marvel Legends there that started at $25, went to $29, then went to $35. So, you know, I've been advocating on this show for a long time now. Play the long game, find your sales, find your discounts, save a buck, buy two collectibles instead of one with the money you save. Toys R Us, is it's like they're listening to me and want to stick it to me. <laughs> you want to play the long game? We're going to charge you more. It's like that sideshow thing where the longer you wait to buy, the more expensive it is. If you're one of the first hundred people, it's only $4,000. If you're one of the last people, it's $5,000. Yeah, but keep in mind that Toys R Us has been struggling for a number of years. Walmart is getting really pushy about being the number one toy retailer and hot on Walmart's heels are Target. And okay. the, the lone toy store does not exist anymore like it used to. You know what, though? If this is how Toys R Us is going to treat its customers, Good. Let them go out of business. But what do you think would happen if our only place to get toys was Walmart and Target? And dare I say it, Shopco and Kohl's. Kmart. Listen, I'm not advocating monopolization, but I am advocating that Toys R Us stop jacking prices on these exclusives. That said, when I went to the stores just Saturday night, they dropped the prices back down to the $27.94. So I guess it differs store to store. Your mileage may vary. But with Toys R Us exclusives, I don't think it pays necessarily to wait for a sale because the prices could go up as well as down there. And God knows they're not afraid to sit on stuff for years. No, they're not. <laughs> Toys R Us would rather sit on something than mark it down. But let's take a look at these Battle Over Endor packs. I did pick them up. There are two of them, and they feature a series of pilots. The first set, one of two, 
has a specific TIE fighter pilot, not a generic one. So by my old rule of three, I'd still only need one because he's Lieutenant Oxxo. Then we have an A-wing pilot, Silicot. A Y-wing pilot, Ekilark Yong. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm just going to say for one time I grabbed the right pack. And then the R5 pack, P9, who's Ekilark Yong's astromech droid. And you know what? I like this pack. This is kind of cool. I mean, yeah, they're pilots. The TIE Fighter pilot, perhaps the most basic of them, though he is removable helmet. And the others, some nice faces. I really like the gray R5, though. I'm really getting on board with this whole astromech collecting. And the gray on him, gray on gray, a really nice, subtle design that I think would enhance any briefing scene over Endor. Though I don't understand why the two rebel pilots don't kind of gang up and beat up the TIE fighter pilot in that pack. Because they're gentlemen, that's why. They have class. Now, I do like the gray astromech. It's interesting because it's like charcoal and then light gray. Oddly, the colors of our living room. <laughs> Ooh, I like his like reddish-purple visor on Lieutenant Yang also. That's really cool. Nice, subtle pop of color. And the same thing with Silakot. He's got some nice blue on the side of his helmet. I really like those colors because they're mostly not colorful. I agree. And the color on the Y-Wing pilot helmet is movie accurate. I remember that. I don't remember the one with the bat on the bottom. I guess this is an excuse to go watch Return of the Jedi again. But I do like this pack. I overall do. And the packaging is great. I have not taken these out of package yet because I like that it's like on the bridge of a Star Destroyer or a Rebel frigate. And in the background, you see the battle happening with the TIE Fighters and the Star Destroyers and the Endor. Now, the second pack has a TIE Fighter pilot, Major Mayanda, who's Sky the One. Then there is Palso Thern, who's Blue Seven. He's a B-Wing pilot. And my favorite, just because I love his name, Red Five, X-Wing pilot, Grizz Fricks. <laughs> he has a little Estromech that comes with him. It's R2-T7. He's really cute. He's got kind of a bright red like kind of almost like a blood red top and then regular body. He's really kind of cool. I like the coloring on the astromech. I'm happy to see Grizz Fricks because they really, you know, George Lucas had been accused of gentrification in the original Star Wars with everybody was white pretty much. Yes, they were. And they were male mostly. And in Empire and Jedi, he really went for a chance for racial diversity, first on Cloud City. And then in the battle over Endor, there were a... a very racially diverse group of pilots there. So I'm glad to see an African-American pilot for the Endor battle. Although if maybe he's African-Karelian, I guess yeah. there's not an America there because no. it's a long time ago. We hadn't been founded yet. No, we hadn't. Now in the end, you are getting four figures for $30, which is about the same as if you were buying them outside of the pack. So there's no pack savings, but with nice packaging and new individual characters that are some retools, but some new head sculpts, some new droid paint jobs. I think this is a good buy. Mm -hmm. I'm real happy to get these. I'm especially glad to have gotten them at the cheapest price that they've been so far. That's always a plus. It makes me enjoy things more. Now, there's another set of exclusives that we talked about on the show that had just come out when I saw them before, and these are the new Target two-packs of figures that are Clone Wars. I was there on that Friday morning. I mentioned Sam Elliott, the Target stockman who chased me off with his cane, and I got there that afternoon. They had the two pegs. They were low on the pack with the Geonosian. I did see on the forum somebody posted their Target was reversed, and they had plenty of the Geonosian one, but none of the other. 
So your mileage may vary there. But I will say I went back to that Target the very next day. They had completely sold out of these two packs and they had had two pegs that were so full that they were sticking out and 100% of the cards were somewhat damaged. Even still, they sold out in less than 24 hours. Hmm. Interesting. So let's look at these packs. The first set has Arf Trooper Waxer and a Battle Droid, and Arf Trooper Waxer is in his desert camo or Geonosian camo, and the Battle Droid is one of the red ones with a lot of yellow markings. Like McDonald's. Well, no, he's kind of the ruddy red, so he's not like Ronald McDonald's red. I think that makes him the captain, because remember the yellow ones in the Phantom Menace were the leaders so i have to ask how did waxer get his nickname were his eyebrows too thick he had like an ernest borgnine going on maybe he does everyone else's eyebrows i was thinking maybe he has a hot rod and it's nice and glossy wax on wax off I'm not crazy about his camo paint job. I don't think that the colors are enough modeled to look like camo. And it just kind of doesn't it doesn't do it for me. And I think that the orange that they've got painted on his helmet is a little bit too much. Keep in mind, though, it's probably very cartoon authentic. Looking at the graphic on there, it does seem like the orange on the figure is a lot more crossing guard than the orange on the... It's a safety orange. Yeah, than the orange on the actual art. I do like the yellow and red battle droid, though. I think the yellow kind of pops. And even though it's definitely a Clone Wars-styled battle droid, I feel like these battle droids could fit in with regular figures because, well, come on, they're droids, so they're not going to stick out all that much. As compared to this, like, size zero wasted clone trooper that is. <laughs> all the other figures are looking at him like, you must eat! <laughs> he comes with a BFFing G. Yes, it's huge. I bet he can't stand up with it. Maybe he spends all his time polishing his gun, and that's why he's waxer. But that thing is ginormous. I think this needs to come with two more clones to help him lift it. Maybe, yeah, he has a friend. One nice bit of detail, too, on the battle droid. His gun is kind of worn. You can see the metal coming through. It's like the paint is coming off. And Times are tough in the Empire. Yeah, the Empire wasn't founded yet. In the Confederacy? Well, yes. They're cutting corners right and left. There's a deficit issue. Not a bad pack. I still think my favorite is the Geonosian and Special Ops Clone Trooper. Sure, the Special Ops Clone Trooper, especially around this time, looks like if I found him in an Easter basket, I would eat him, thinking he's candy. I mean, he he looks like milk chocolate, doesn't he? He does look like a chocolate clone trooper. I do want to eat him up. But the Geonosian really rocks. If my memory serves, this is the zombie Geonosian mold, only he's not zombified and he has no wings. I think it's a really great face sculpt on the Geonosian. No, the Geonosian is very good. The gun is good, too. Good sculpting on that. They got their fingers right with all the little knobby knuckles on it too. I like Geonosians. I think they get a bad rap. Yeah, I guess they are kind of evil, but what I wish is that we got one on the back like with that with his mouth open. Yeah, the triangle mouth. It looks like he's cursing at you to telling you getting off his lawn. Yes. It's old man Geonosian. Get your ball off my yard, kids. And the special ops clone trooper comes with another big gun, but at least he has a tripod to support it on. Well, he's a thinker. I think these are good packs. I don't think these are going to stick around like the last ones. I mean, in the last one, there was a cat Bane repack. We'd been seeing a lot of them. The ones that weren't repacks, the Senate guards weren't real quick. And Cad Bane was hanging around for a long time. We still have a Cad Bane for $3 sitting at our Target on the clearance Aww, shelf. Nobody wants them. No, with IG-86. Mm-hmm. Here, these, these sold out in a day. If you see them, if you like them, if you want them, buy them because they're going. 
Now, of course, there is another set of figure two packs about to hit over at Walmart. The Clone Wars two packs of repacked figures with the single episode DVD. Jedi Temple Archives has reported those are now hitting. I have yet to see them myself, but they are there. Also, forum members Star Wars CJ and others have reported that their Walmart ad-ats marked down to $49.97. It would pay to play the waiting game on those. They're still very prevalent in stores, and they're only going to get lower in price our walmarts don't have any left that i know of yeah the one on sixth street does the south one are they marked down no we have the most cheap unable to mark things down walmarts admittedly for every report i'm getting of an ad at being marked down to 50 i'm getting a report of a tie bomber being marked down to 40 which is about the price of a tie bomber so it does depend on your walmarts but it doesn't hurt to check them out either especially with the new figures hitting and waves four and five walmarts are the place to find them i actually saw some remnants on my local pegs now listener ryan emailed that over at target he's finding those new clone wars roleplay blasters the small ones that are kind of like the holdout blasters sort of like the small guns the biker scouts had in return of the jedi uh-huh. and those are only eight and 97, which is a great price for a roleplay toy. The larger blasters usually are 15 to 25. So here you get them for nine bucks. Perfect little Easter basket stuffer. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd be better if it was a squirt gun. Ooh, that would be cool. I know. Maybe I could hollow one out and put a bladder in it and make a squirt gun out of it. And at Toys R Us, speaking of exclusives that you could hollow out, we saw a new Mighty Beans thing, and it is the neatest Mighty Beans ever. It's a Mighty Beans case to put your beans in, but it's the Death Star. How many more times can you say Mighty Beans in that sentence, I wonder? Remember when you said you thought I'd give away all our money for a handful of beans? Yeah. I wonder if those were it. God, I hope not. (laughs) It was a really cool Death Star. Detail, not the greatest. And it had a big beans logo on it. The beans logo is the only thing that stopped me from buying it. I sat there and fingernailed it in the store to see if possibly it was a sticker I could remove, but it appears to be like painted on. Yeah, and I'd be hesitant to try to take it off with chemicals because I might take off the other paint that's around it because it does have paint detail. It actually looked pretty cool. $25 is right around the price point that I would pay for a Death Star. But that Beans logo, dang it. I know. Mm. There'll be another one. In online news this week, if you're still looking for Return of the Jedi wave of figures, they are in stock at Brian's Toys. You can get R2-D2, Wolf, Akbar, Wicket, Jedi Luke, and more, all at Brian's Toys. They also have Vintage Style Wave 6 and Clone Wars Wave 5. You can get all of that at Brian's Toys. And remember, as always, when checking out at Brian's Toys, please remember to say at the little checkout drop-down box that you were referred by Star Wars Action News. And if you're missing some of the foil card figures, head over to BackstageToys.com, who recently ran that contest for the Entertainment Earth comic packs. They have several of the vintage card foil figures, including Commander Cody foil, just for $8.99. They also have Anakin Skywalker, Sand Trooper, Darth Vader, all over at BackstageToys.com. And remember, at Backstage Toys, most orders over $25 ship free in the U.S. with Amazon shipping. And finally, in the last bit of online, Online news. Last year, I subscribed to Gentle Giants Premier Guild, and of course, with the Premier Guild, you always get that exclusive bust. And now, almost a full year later, <laughs> I have mine. 
This year's bust is the Elite Core Clone Trooper, limited to 1,600 pieces. And perhaps the reason I got mine so late is because it was one of the last on the production line, number 1572 right here. Wow, that is almost last on the production line. You know, a lot of people have to have, you know, the under 10 or under 20 production numbers. I think you could go with a whole new subset of collecting a class like the last 100. <laughs> there are certain people who I know just desperately try to seek out the same edition number on every item, too. And it doesn't have to be number one. It could be number 161, but everything's got to be 161. If anybody out there is a number 1572 collector, I'm your guy. Contact me and I'll uh, set up a sale. Only 10 times what I paid for this, I guess. Since it's number 1572 and obviously something you're desperately dying for is 1572. Now, if you asked me on the street, and I, I consider myself a pretty hardcore Star Wars fan. I have three tattoos, seen the movies more times than I can count. I see the movies more often than I see my family, and I think I can recite most of them pretty well. But if you ask me what the Elite Core Clone Trooper is, I don't think I'd know he was Jungle Camo Clone. Well, I can tell that he's camo, although the camo is such a way it looks like he's just got a lot of freckles. Now, it definitely screams Jungle Camo to me. He was obviously one of the Kashyyyk Troopers. I guess I just didn't realize the Kashyyyk clones were elite. They're the chosen people. Now, this is a pretty basic bust. It doesn't have any interchangeable limbs or interchangeable heads or removable helmets or removable, I mean, breakable jaws. <laughs> and in fact, it doesn't even have any of those horrid antennae. Oh my God. General Giant gives me such a sense of anxiety with the things that could be broken on it. Although it did have a little fragile sticker right by the rifle scope. Hmm. So that could break off. Fortunately, mine's okay because at number 1572, only 28 chances to get it right if it's mm -hmm. wrong. Now, I only have one problem with this. And, you know, General Giant's pretty good on their minibus. They have got it down. They've got a good mold for them. They got good sculptors. They got good paint. My only problem is his little pouches hang on the edge of the base, which I think takes away from its bustiness. I kind of like it, you know? I understand it's a stylistic choice, but I feel like it's like the art is cannot be constrained by its canvas. It will hang down on the base. I don't think it fits. I think they should have just left it off. That's my only complaint because it's distracting. And I don't like things that are distracting. You know, I didn't even notice it until you pointed it out to me. So it didn't really? distract me. I kind of like it. What I noticed is the way it attaches to the belt. It looks like it's hooked on there. It's very well sculpted. I could see if those were their trademarks, those the little pouches, but they're not. No, I wouldn't even have known he had them, but then again, yeah. I wouldn't have known what an Elite core clone trooper is. One thing that I can't decide if I like or not is, in addition to camo, he has dirt on him. But the dirt is of such a color that it honestly looks like I cut my hand when I was opening him and didn't get all the blood off, and now the blood's kind of dried. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Wookiee blood. I don't know, but... There is definitely this weird kind of orangey reddish. Yeah, that is kind of bizarre. Dirt that's on him. His visor isn't the best either. The glasses part, it looks like it's just thick, glossy paint instead of an actual visor. The paint overall could be a little better because you notice on the bags, the paint of the bag gets a little bit on the black of the base too. Mm -hmm. They're taping or masking just wasn't quite all it could be on this there's many cases on the arms on the visor and on the base where i see that their paint application could have been a little tighter like the quality control process had slipped a little bit by number 1572 <laughs> 
<laughs> I do like the detail on the top of his backpack. Yeah, that is pretty neat. They could have just left that plain, but yeah, I, especially since we didn't see it at all in the movie. Not that I can recall. If so, it was a very nice attention to detail. Really, if you're a clone fan, this is one you've got to have. I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. I'm glad to have it. And I think it's fairly good as an exclusive because, you know, when it's a clone that you have to have or a bus that you have to have, like I had to have the Black Hole Stormtrooper. That was just my thing. I love Black Hole Stormtroopers. And with that being an exclusive, it was kind of rough for me. I like the exclusives that are, well, you know, if you want it, you can get it. I don't think you should have an exclusive you have to have. And that's kind of how I feel about this guy. If you want him, get him. But there's nothing here to make me say, stay away, stay away, stay away. Mm -mm. Nor is there anything here that makes me say, you got to have him. The thing that I like best about him is the face, and that's just because he's so biker scouty, and it reminds me of Jedi. He is very biker scouty. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah. To quote Martha Stewart. I just wish the paint application was a little bit tighter. That would be it. Other than that, he's fine. He's a good bust. He's a nice addition to any clone collector's bust collection. And now, it's about time to see what they're going to make me buy a membership for for next year. Maybe we'll get a Jar Jar bust, because we don't have one, Ooh, do we? no. Yeah. Ooh, that would be cool. A Phantom Menace series of busts, because... We didn't get much from the Phantom Menace except Darth Maul and the Gwygon. I mean, there, there's a few, but a Sebulba... How about, racing some, how about some great queen ones? There are, Freddie Mercury? I would love a Freddie Mercury. I love Freddie Mercury. I meant Amadala. Oh, okay. Because there are a wealth of costumes in actually all three movies that would be fantastic, but she gets least amount of love. Until she wears a snow bunny outfit, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So that is our online news report, and we will be back right after this message from Now Playing. Is the man who works with you a real man, or is he an imposter? The life you live, is it real, or a memory implanted by recall? Your dog, is it real, or is it a replicant? Such are the questions asked in stories by classic sci-fi author Philip K. Dick. Dick's stories have been adopted into such hit films as Blade Runner, Minority Report, Total Recall, Screamers, and the upcoming Matt Damon starring The Adjustment Bureau. You can remember and relive these classic sci-fi films with the now-playing Philip K. Dick Retrospective Series. Go to nowplayingpodcast.com each Friday and join Stuart, Jacob, and Brock as they watch and review each of these films. From Blade Runner to Imposter, A Scanner Darkly to Next, we've watched them all in preparation for our review of The Adjustment Bureau, which will be posted the weekend of that film's release, March 4th, 2011. And check out our sister podcast, Books and Nachos, each week as Stuart reviews the original short stories and novels that inspired these films. A new book review will be posted every Friday at booksandnachos.com. So head to nowplayingpodcast.com and find out if the life you're living is really your own. Next up, we have a special report from the Ginger Prince, Steve. (laughs) 
Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince, official UK reporter for the mighty Star Wars Action News, changing it up for 2011. How so? I hear all of you ask. Well, you're going to get two reports for the price of one in this week's episode. We're going northwest by northeast as I bring you the lowdown on what I'm finding in the Manchester area, and then wannabe trooper Phil follows on with a skinny on what he's finding in the Newcastle area. So let's get on with it, and first to Forbidden Planet Manchester, where we found something that we've only seen online before, the Tauntaun sleeping bag. They only had one, and it had obviously been bought online, as it still had the ThinkGeek tags on. I don't know how much they were charging for it, ominously it had no price tag on, and Suzanne wouldn't let me ask how much it was in case I bought it. Now the pegs at Forbidden Planet were sagging under the weight of 3 and 3 quarter inch action figures. Pride of Place is wave 3 of the vintage collection at £9.99 a pop. Still cheaper than what I paid for them. Next to them, and a pound cheaper, are the Clone Wars figures and the character 2 packs on the blue Clone Wars cards. Still taking up a sizeable chunk of shelf space, a full price disturbance at the Lars Homestead sets at £39.99 and Rancors at £49.99. If you want to pay more for old stuff, you should definitely be shopping at Forbidden Planet. Now I can't criticise FP too much, because they had some cool blasters that I've not seen anywhere else. £12.99 will buy you a brown Cad Bane blaster, or a blue blaster if Sexy Rexy is your thing. My nephew would love a pair of these. Pew, pew. If you prefer to handle a bigger weapon, and who doesn't ladies, then they also have the larger Stormtrooper, Clone Trooper and Boba Fett blasters. For the more sedate Star Wars fan, I also found this 500-piece collectible puzzle in a Clone Wars tin at £12.99. I'm not a Jigsaw fan myself, but I love tins, and this is a really nice one. Lastly, in the smaller items section of Forbidden Planet, I found these cool sweatbands for £4.99 each, and was sorely tempted, but put off after Suzanne said I'd look all 80s if I wore them. If you don't fancy Darth Vader on your wrist, why not mop your brow with an Episode 3 Clone Trooper? If rocking out with the dark side is more your thing, then you'd probably want to sport this Sith sweatband. On to Toys R Us, and my first trip to the home of Jeffrey the Giraffe this year, and guess what? I think I found a new world record. Yep, in these hard financial times, I think I found the cheapest ever Star Wars action figure on the pegs in a high street store. Save, save, save! True had all the Yana Del Gargans at an amazingly low price of 96 pence each. An action figure for under a quid. I never thought I'd see the day. That's 16 pence per boob, folks. True have some sale items, like this battle droid and stat with diorama packaging. Two quid cheaper now at £12.97. But it's not all value, as like Forbidden Planet, they're still selling some bigger ticket items at full price. Take the giant Atat. As I'll share with you later, there are great bargains to be found on the big dog at the moment. Yet here it is at True, still with a £149.99 label on. Now it may not be the place to go for vehicles, but True are still beating Forbidden Planet on 3 and 3 quarter inch action figures, with the vintage collection at a pound cheaper. They also have some toys that Forbidden Planet doesn't like these curious little ripcord launch speed changers from a company called Speedstars. They're £4.99 and take the forms of various ships and vehicles like Y-Wing bombers, Republic gunships and Jedi starfighters. So did we buy anything on our last trip to Toys R Us? Well, I didn't, but Suzanne did. She finally found two Galactic Heroes multi-packs that she's been lusting after for ages. The purchase of the droid set and the Kamino Showdown set. Now, both of these sets are great examples of naughtiness on Hasbro's behalf, in sticking a couple of never-before-release figures in a multi-pack with figures that have been released a number of times. 
The purchase of the droid set is a great new Uncle Owen figure, complete with 5 o'clock shadow, and an awesome gonk power droid, neither of which Suzanne owned. But to get a hold of them, we had to pick up a lightsaberless loot, an R5-D4, an RA7 spy droid, yet another 3PO, and another pair of Jawas. Great figures, but needless multiples for the Galactic Heroes collector. The Camino Showdown set is a little bit better. It's got possibly the cutest baby Boba Fett ever and a lovely torn Wii figure. The Maroon Astromech, a new pose pistol-wielding Django and a yellow clone commander. However, if you want these five new figures, you've got a stretch to yet another Obi-Wan with 70s mullet and a couple of clone troopers. At £24.99, each of these sets are an expensive treat, but we're recouping about a quarter of that cost by selling the figures we've already got on eBay. Argos put a new catalogue out in January, and it's got all the new LEGO Star Wars sets like the Battle of Naboo set with 12 minifigures for only £25.99. Clone Wars figures are cheaper than at Forbidden Planet, priced at £8.15, and the Cad Bane and Captain Rex blasters that I mentioned earlier are also cheaper at only £10.19 each. So, that's the three main stores done. What about the supermarkets? Well, they're worth checking out at the moment, as many have got lots of wallet-saving deals. For example, Tesco have half-priced vehicle and figure deluxe packs. However, you're going to struggle to beat the awesome deal that Suzanne snagged for me a couple of weeks ago at Sainsbury's. As I said before, lots of stores still have the giant Atta on the full recommended retail price of £149.99, but my awesome wife managed to pick it up for me at 65 quid. Now, I know that on my appearance in the 2010 Year in Review show, I said that I wasn't going to pick it up for space reasons, but at almost two-thirds off, I had to find space somewhere. And I'm glad I did, because people weren't lying to you. It's fantastic, and dwarves the older attack. Keep your eyes open, folks, because it's a must-own item, and I'm sure you too can get a hot deal. Lastly from me, what about the Adidas store? Well, I'm pleased to say that they continue to have new Star Wars clothing every time we visit. On our latest visit, we saw a gorgeous sweatshirt for £80, a Death Star satchel bag for £40, and a couple of multicoloured t-shirts for £25 each. My best friend Paul snagged the Star Wars Celebrity Square shirt, and I love it, but think they should have given the Imperial Guard a red square, not a purple one. Right, that's enough for me. I'll hand over to Phil. Pencil. There's something very weak coming through. Hey guys, this is Phil, wannabe trooper on the forums, just helping Steve out, the ginger prince, doing a UK report. Except it's not from Manchester, it's from Newcastle-upon-Tyne. Now just in case anyone outside of the UK is unaware of where Newcastle is, it's on the northeast coast of England. And it's normally famous for its football team, Newcastle United, and it's also famous for its party life at night, and also its infamous drink, Newcastle Brown Ale. But we're not going to be talking about any of that today, we're going to be talking about Star Wars collecting in the northeast. So, the first store that I hit in Newcastle is Forbidden Planet, or as I call it, FP. And yes, Steve, the green wheelie bin is still outside the store, Go to the forums to check out that inside joke. So anyway, inside the store, Forbidden Planet, Newcastle, you know, that's the main place if you want Star Wars goods, whether it's T-shirts, toys, high-end items, you know, they've got it all. They've got the Hasbros, they've got Gentle Giants, Sideshow, EFX, everything. Now, because it's got such a large quantity of stock all the time, it's sometimes hard to keep an eye on what's new, what's old, you know, that sort of business. And... When you're in the store in Newcastle, it's always absolutely rammed. You know, there's stuff just going off the shelves constantly. I think it's mainly because 
that's the only store in Newcastle where they keep this sort of uh, items or at least that quantity anyway. Now if you use the, the forums and you've had a look at the European collecting part of the forums you'll notice that I've been after wave 3 of the vintage line. Now I have unfortunately missed this twice uh, when it's appeared in the Forbidden Planet in Newcastle. Um, it came in during the week I think both times on a Wednesday and then disappeared off the shelves uh, by the Thursday. Now unfortunately I can only go in on a weekend normally a Saturday so hence I've missed them both times but an item that I did manage to pick up today was the the Empire Strikes Back Darth Vader from the vintage line for $9.99 unfortunately for that price. Now I did feel a bit bad picking up this Darth Vader uh, as it was hiding behind about six or seven Anakin Skywalkers. As I was going through the uh, Anakins to see if there was anything on the back, and I did pick this one up, which the Vader was on the back, a kid of about 13, 14 year old said to his mother, oh, there it is, there's the figure that I wanted. And I kind of felt bad, but the mother did say to him, look, we'll, you know, we'll just pick it up on eBay, and uh, he ended up picking up, I think, the the Princess Leia with the Empire Strikes Back vintage card, so everyone seemed to get a figure that day. Now as far as new items in FP, uh, there doesn't seem to be a great amount uh, this week. The only really uh, new item that I noticed this week uh, was the Thai Bomber from Hasbro, which at 69.99 I won't be picking up anytime soon. I'm afraid that's going to have to come down a bit until I pick that one up. Now they do have a sales section in FP, or should I say box damage section. They did have one Star Wars item in there. It was a Lego Y-Wing fighter, marked down from $69.99 down to $49.99. Now, I don't personally collect the Lego stuff, but I think if you do, uh, that's quite a good bargain. Speaking of ships, FP still got the big MF in at £199, which I posted in the forums a couple of weeks ago. Now, what was interesting was, a few doors up from FP is the store Recent Relics. And I say store, and it's basically the smallest shop store you've ever seen in your life, just with loads of science fiction, toys and memorabilia thrown in in no particular order, and you've got to rummage through the lot. But today it was quite interesting when I walked in, right next to the counter was a Millennium Falcon Empire Strikes Back, but the true vintage one from 1980 with the Palatoid box. Now the guy was wanting £199, which was the same price as the one in FP, obviously, but the one in, the, in FP is the new one. At first I thought this was quite a good deal at £199. I almost considered picking this item up as well, but I remembered that I'm going to Canada in a couple of months for holiday and I've started a couple of other Star Wars projects, so to pick up a £200 item at this point in time, it's a no-go. When I did get back home though, I did check eBay and Millennium Falcons of the Palatoy range from 1980 don't appear to be going anywhere near £200. Um, there's one sitting there as I record this for about £35. Now, if it actually does reach £200, uh, we'll have to wait and see. My guess is that it's probably reach around about £100. So I'd have to say the guy in the store of recent relics, he's taking the piss a bit. Now another good store in Newcastle is Model Zone which is a, a store that's up and down the country and yes you've guessed it they keep models. Now they also do keep Star Wars models and Gentle Giant items and sometimes Sideshow which is really cool but it seems that they've got a, 
a sale on on the easy fit stroke snap fit models uh, they're normally priced in there for $16.99 and they're down to only $9.99 with the pocket ones down to as low as $6.99 now I've owned a couple of these in the, in the past and uh, I must say that it's, these are very easy to put together now at the high street store at WH Smith's which is basically a high street news agents now they seem to be still keeping the Star Wars Lego items everything from the Land Speeder, the Rebel Snow Trooper set, the Droid Fighter, ranging from $14.99 to $37.99. They did mind in WH Smith have a couple of Hasbro figures, and when I say a couple, I literally do mean two Hasbro figures, from the Clone Wars, the Kit Fisto and the Cad Bane. Now, when I first saw them, I thought, oh, Smiths, you know, they'll be selling them at a decent price, but when I actually looked at the price tag, it was $12.99 which is even more expensive than FP, so there you go FP, you've been beaten on a price tag on some Star Wars items. And finally the last stop was Fenix, the major department store in Newcastle. Now Fenix Toy End is quite legendary in the northeast. Uh, back in the day in the sort of late 70s, early 80s, this was the place to get your Star Wars items before the days of FP in Newcastle and all that business. Unfortunately 30 years later they haven't kept up with the Star Wars theme. The little figures that they have got are in the sort of the clearance aisle or should I say box full of you know box damaged items with legacy figures uh, sort of rolling around in there all crunched to hell for around $3.99 a figure. Saying that again they do have a huge quantity of Lego items which aren't box damaged. Now they do have the Y-Wing in at £51. Now Fenix do have a sign next to all of the Star Wars Lego items saying if you can find anywhere in Newcastle a better price on the Lego items, they will match the price. Now, as I said before, FP has got the Y-Wing in for $49.99. Whether or not Fenix is willing to you know, match the price of an item which is box damaged, highly doubt it. But, you know, it's worth a try. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that. A little taste of collecting in the northeast of England. But I'll pass you back to Steve, the Ginger Prince, to finish off the UK report. Thanks very much, Phil. Now, before I sign off, I just wanted to say a big thank you to Darth Prime for the absolutely fantastic Sithmas gift that he bought me. The Admiral Akbar beanie hat. It's a perfect fit, and it's me right down to a T. Now, if you too want to be seen in just the coolest headgear around, then you need to visit the Etsy shop of Karen J Creations, where you'll find not only Akbar, but a number of great Star Wars beanies, like a really hairy Chewie that would be good to cover up that balding pate, or a wicket that's so good it would actually be like wearing an Ewok scalp on your head. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed our double act this time around, but for now, I'm going to hand you back to the ultimate pair of aces, Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Steve. Now, last week on the show, we had John Jackson Miller, who will be speaking at C2E2 in under two weeks. We talked about his latest novel, his first published novel, Night Errant, and here to review it is Star Wars Action News Book Club liaison and Star Wars Action News book reviewer and now playing co-host and Venganza Media announcer, Brock. This is Brock, Star Wars Action News Book Club Liaison, with a spoiler-free-as-possible review of Star Wars Knight Errant by John Jackson Miller. Review copy courtesy of Delray Books. Kara Holt, 
Teenage Jedi Knight is a lone warrior in Sith space. During the course of this book, she is in three different sectors of Sith space, each run by different Sith Lords. Kara is determined to do what it takes to end Sith control of these sectors of space, one Sith Lord at a time. To call this book a novel isn't completely accurate. The book is broken up into three parts, more like three novellas than one long novel. Each adventure pretty self-contained, but part of this larger overall story. Much like separate issues of a comic book, which this novel is based. And this volume even contains a bonus 14-page full-color comic from the Dark Horse series. Even though the three stories somewhat tie in at the end, that doesn't stop the feeling that they felt like three distinct separate pieces while you were reading them, and that really hurt the flow. While Star Wars movies and books often have three or four distinct plot lines that tie in together at the end, usually they're interspersed with each other. We hop from one plot line to another constantly as we eventually see how they come together. Here, we read each separate adventure till its conclusion and then have to start all over again with the next one. The author seems most comfortable setting up the structure for each of the three planets than with giving emotional resonance to the main characters. With each new part, we have a new set of exposition for the new characters, the planet's atmosphere and topography, and governing structure of that sector of Sith space. And the author handles that splendidly. I give full credit to Mr. Miller for taking his time to set up each story so well, so when the destruction of each planet and ideology starts to go down, we, the audience, can easily follow the action. With each new Sith ruler situation, he shows he has some great ideas and strong creative spirit. Of the three adventures, the second one about the diarchy was the most fun for me. While reading, I could tell the author was a parent, and the author's note later confirmed that for me, and how could he not be? This part revolves around these two youngling Sith rulers who use a giant brain in a jar to get the populace to do their bidding and serve their needs. As many a parent can tell you, there are days when you feel you don't have your own existence, but like this big brain in a jar, you are there to do the bidding of what this little brain at your feet needs you to do. Miller's satire of modern American parenthood was entertaining and a great example of the power of this medium to convey these sorts of opinions. In the action scenes, I especially like the end battle of Kara versus Arcadia in Part 3 and the Battle of Ghazari in Part 1 with the aptly named Death Spire. Miller understands how to write action and not confuse the audience. The only thing missing from all of the battle scenes was a sense of danger. Never once did I fear for our protagonist or any of the child refugees. I can see what the appeal of the lead character Kara Holt could be to an audience. A young, headstrong girl coming of age under fire in Sith space, willing to bend the rules a bit to accomplish her goals of defeating these Sith Lords and taking down their rule. All of this could add up to something new and different for Star Wars, but sadly, I personally failed to get a strong connection to her. I didn't dislike her, but she didn't really compel me to keep reading. She seems more confident than other Jedi we have met at her age, and while she is noble in her actions, she isn't always a likable character. Perhaps as this comic series and this book series go on, we will see more shades of her as she explores not only Sith space, but her role in it. While the book has affable characters overall, I didn't feel I got to know them very well. Each of them are given a few character traits, but aren't very deep or complex. The most interesting character to me was the Bothan spy Narsk. As the book unfolds and we read about how he operates, he is this wild card that this book uses quite well. And of all the Sith Lords, Arcadia was the most fun to read about. You don't quite know what she is up to as she takes Kara into her confidence. 
but in the back of your head, you know it will involve a plan to rule the galaxy, and that is part of the fun of that ride. More than a few times, Knight Errant seemed to borrow from other popular franchises, like James Bond, Star Trek, and Harry Potter. Sometimes, in the case of Arcadia, you don't mind, because it works well for the story, and the Star Wars universe has seen its share of power-hungry Sith. Other times, you are left scratching your head as to the need for these lifts. For example, the Bothan spy has a stealth suit which provides the wearer with invisibility with which our hero, Kara Holt, uses for a while to spy on her enemies and sneak around. And at one point, Kara awards one of her charges five Jedi points. All that seemed more than a bit derivative. And besides, Jedi usually hide themselves in the Force, not in visibility suits. While Knight Errant comes from a comic book series, I actually think this premise would translate well into television. Make this a live-action Star Wars show in the vein of The Incredible Hulk, The A-Team, Quantum Leap, and of course, Star Trek. Lone Jedi travels to a new sector or planet in Sith space every week, helps the helpless or solves the puzzle to liberate the people from the tyrannical rule, and at the end of the episode, moves on to the next sector. But for now, we'll stick to novels and comics for Kara Holt. Overall, I enjoyed reading Knight Errant well enough. The Star Wars elements are there, the characters are easy to get to know, and the prose was friendly and not overly burdensome. I could use a little more depth in these characters, though, in future installments of this series. I foresee this could become a fan-favorite series, a place new Star Wars novel readers can easily enter for their Star Wars fix, perhaps to a younger audience, not young adult, but a younger adult audience than I am. And so with Knight Errant, I see great potential, and time will tell if that potential is fully realized. For Star Wars Action News and Star Wars Action News Book Club, this is Brock. Now back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Brock. Now, to finish off our show this week, we wanted to review a few items that are also, in addition to reviews for the listeners, thank yous to some of our listeners and friends because Marjorie and I received a couple gifts in the mail in the past couple weeks, and they're always unexpected and always very appreciated, and we wanted to review the items we got because they are some items that you can't find in any store. No, not at all. First off, I want to thank Barrent, our podcast enhancer. Knowing that I love cute things, which is why I love Arnie. Aww. He sent me some of the Vinylmation figures, which are cute. I got you little Yoda. Yoda looks worried. Like, it's Yoda right after Qui-Gon died or something. He is a little worried. It's okay. It's like grieving Yoda. And then I got the Boba Fett one signed by the artist. That is very cool. I, I can't tell you how awesome these are, Baron. I thank you so, 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 so much. And they're so cute. And what struck me about them is they're heavy. Besides wow. being incredibly cute. Yeah. And I, they're articulated. I'm well, surprised arms, at but. the heft of these things. That Freaking is shocking. Freaking cute. I cannot thank you enough. They're adorable. You know, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about them. I'm not a Mickey Mouse collector by any stretch of the imagination. No, this is actually the only thing Mickey I have. I want to like Mickey. And I, but kind of oh, like. the Yoda sign too. Actually, I think that's just part oh, of it okay. is that they have the signature on the foot. Got it. And it has a little Disney thing the, with Princess's Castle. The signature on the head is what's special oh. about the boat. 
Boba. But it doesn't really scream Disney to me. It reminds me of so many things we get, like the Marvel Bears. Or Bear or Bricks. Bear Bricks, exactly. It's just, it's big ears on a really stylized figure. And I gotta say, I kind of made fun of the whole vinyl movement when the Mighty Mugs started. But now I'm really coming around on this, and I think this is a much truer representation of the vinyl movement than the mugs ever were. These are cute. I love their little cute noses. Thank you, Baron. What also is surprising about those is just the great paint job on them. It's amazing. Yoda's got a little furrowed brow and everything, and little wrinkles on his little lips. And his little musical instrument hanging around his neck, guaranteeing this is original trilogy Yoda, not prequel Yoda. That is nice to know. His pan flute. Although because it's got the little Mickey pants, the buttons on the pants, it looks like Yoda's got nipples. <laughs> but I like him. Look at his little hair. That is very, very cool. I think that... Remember I owe you a hug and a kiss when I see you in July, Baron. He started you down a bad path. He has, because I really wanted to go to Disney for the opening of Star Tours, and I was thinking how cheaply we could do it that I could convince you that it's a good idea to go, so I could get more of these. I'll let you get the whole series so long as I can get one of those Landos. Barrett has it as his avatar, and... It's just adorable. I don't care. Do I ever care what you buy? No, you don't. Okay, then. And you don't care what I buy. It's just a good relationship that way. Now, I want to send a shout out to Dale. Jedi partner. Dale had posted on the forums a while back about these cute little Star Wars knit creatures that I believe were on Etsy. No, it was a woman who had a separate website. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Well, before I could place an order, I had told Marjorie to get on that because, you know, she does these things. And it was around Valentine's Day. I thought it was going to be my Valentine's day gift but instead dale bought it for me for valentine's day (laughs) so dale i owe you a hug and a kiss by marjorie's (laughs) rules but it is actually really cute what i find great is of course the face is utterly adorable the little antennae on his head but what's really funny to me is he's got some fat hips he does have a little bit of a chunky hips. He's adorable, though. I like it. It's like it. Greedo got back. Well, he's got saddlebags, not back. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's just incredibly adorable and cute. And it's a halfway cross between a plush and a voodoo doll with the way the arms are out and the legs are out. I think he's adorable. I think the colors are fantastic and the face is fantastic. The eyes are what yes. make it because Greedo has these big bulbous black eyes. And whatever they're using here are just absolutely perfect representations of Greedo's eyes. They're just eyes. little doll eyes. They're perfect for this. I know. So, And he's got a little vest. His vest is cute, too. I think he's perfect. He's great. And we're going to have a link again to the website. She was sold out of these for a while, mm-hmm. but we're going to post a link. So when she starts making more, you'll be able to get yours. They have other characters, too. But, of course, Greedo's my fave. So thank you, Dale. And I really recommend this to any listeners who like this kind of plushy style or who like Greedo. And lastly, I want to thank Herbierto Perez, Eric Perez, for a wicked cool... Ewok bag. It's a messenger bag and it is so cute. It I, You have to look at the pictures on the Enhanced Podcast or go to our website, swactionnews.com and look at the pictures because he's it's flocked and it's amazing handmade Ewok bag with little furry ears, button eyes. Now, I have to say, I didn't know this was coming, obviously, and when I'm opening the box in the mail, I'm pulling out what looks like an Ewok pelt and I'm like, what in the world is this? And it turned out it was a messenger bag for yeah, you. Yeah, it's great. Now, he got it at, there's a flea market in LA that has this woman, she has this website called geekymamas.com and she's got all kinds of bags. One that's really cool that's not Star Wars is a big giraffe 
shoulder bag, but she does have some Star Wars bags in addition to the Ewok bag to avoid any licensing issues. There is a Green Master Dago bag, a Geeky Lorian Bounty Hunter backpack, which is Boba Fett, and of course the Green Master Dago bag is Yoda. They have backpacks, hunter bags, there's a Chew Geeky bag, there's a little cute Chewbacca bag. And because these are handmade, they will be one of a kind. There's even a hairless Chew Geeky bag. So if you want a hairless Chewy bag. Ooh, that just seems... Wrong? Uncomfortable. Yeah. Poor Chewbacca. Maybe he had lice, though. <laughs> so are you going to use the messenger bag, or are you going to keep it as a collectible? You know, I might use it for select things, not for every day, because I don't want to get it dirty or torn or anything. But it'd be a great laptop bag. It would be for your laptop. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. So thank you to everybody. Uh, we want to just thank you on the air and acknowledge yes. that we are very appreciative. It's always unexpected and shocking. And we got these three gifts in a really short time and thought we'd say mm-hmm. thank you on the air again and review them. And we like them all. Oh, my God. They're amazing. Eric, thank you so much. And thank you for the website. It's fantastic. And I think some of these might be gifts. They have a really cool Batman bag, too. I know. It's Batman. But still, it's Batman. He, he lives, lives in, in a lair. So that is our show for this week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit yakface.com, hanshideout.blogspot.com, and jedi-temple-archives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting.
Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. Okay, Inception was really cool just because it had a lot of cool visuals, but it's not going to work for... Inception wasn't 3D. Oh, it wasn't? No. It just felt... Christopher Nolan hates 3D. He refuses to make 3D. Okay. That pussycat Thomas Jefferson hadn't founded the country yet. He didn't discover America, Arnie. I'm aware that he didn't discover America. Oh, why is he a pussycat? I'm lost. Charlie Sheen called him a... That's not what he called him. We'll take away cat. Yeah. I was trying to edit it for the audience. He didn't found the country, though. He was one of the founding fathers. It'd be better if it was a squirt gun. Ooh, that would be cool. I know. Maybe I can hollow one out and put a bladder in it and make a squirt gun out of it. Bladder. You're a 